everyone, and welcome to episode 420 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Good morning, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing super well. We got some uh, new standard to talk about today, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Frexy has been really sweet. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Well, you just said new standard, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, that's going to be one of our big topics today, actually. We have our first look at Phyrexia Standard, our first tournament list, some challenges from Magic Online. Plus, we've been playing some Standard, so we wanted to talk about the impact of Phyrexia All Will Be One, what it's doing in Standard, and then maybe jump around to a couple other topics. We have some Moto news, maybe some fish mail questions, so stuff like that. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your Magic cards, and if you're tired of all the hassle, that go into buy listing your cards. Well, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You get to skip all the typing, all the time, all the work with a curated service. You can send in as many cards as you want with buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to put in a little bit of effort on your end, you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which option you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now, you need to get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so thank you so much to card conduit for supporting this show and let's talk some magic and let's start with the big topic which is we have new standard phyrexia all will be one officially out for almost a week now came out uh, uh digitally at least fully last tuesday which means we're starting to get some tournament results in little bits here and there before we get into the tournament results though i'm curious where are you guys at with Standard? Like, uh, Krim, I know you've been playing it a lot. I've been playing a lot. Uh, Richard, have you played any Standard yet? Mm-hmm. No. No? I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting for Card Hoarder to release the, <laughs> the cards <laughs> on the, on the loan program, which should be shitty today, I think. There's enough yeah, Apple it should, stock. It should be coming soon. But I'm, I'm curious, Krim, what's, been, what's your first impression of our new format? Like, is it good? How much has changed with Phyrexia? Where are you at with Standard? It sucks how much I love it. <laughs> like standard is addicting right now it is so damn fun um there is like it it feels powerful but to the level where it's actually not like eldraine and misery uh so it just it's powerful enough to where i'm having a blast of a time uh turns out you know there still can be aggro i didn't think there would be it's just in a different form uh and then on top of that you still have mid-range you even have okay couple weeks ago because i missed last week's podcast i said pure control is non-existent i lied to you i lied to you because i built the deck i hit i hit mythic easily i easily just cruise right to high mythic with it and it's my it's my uh sweaty deck so if i'm if i'm losing too much rank from memeing around filming videos it's like all right well, time to get sweaty. Time to break out Esper Control. And it feels good to see Esper Control. Like, And I'm not talking like whatever that mid-range thingy is. I'm talking about real control. And I'm talking about the good old Castle Arden Vale Commander All-Star way to close out games with Mirex. That's right. Mirex oh, is the truth. And yes, oh, I am no. still like your boy doesn't leave his house without four Voidrens like <laughs> in the 75 somewhere. And so let me tell you right now, that deck has been slaying the ladder. Mirex, a colorless land in my three color deck, normally kind of a big no, no. But Mirex is out here closing out games. I'm proliferating left and right. And just like Jace perfected mine card. I was the harshest on in, in spoiler season. I lied to you. I went out. I bought a play set. This card is the truth. It, I, I love this card so much. It's the truth in this standard right now. And I'm I, I'm I'm not high on my own supply here. I I have my chat has watched me stream this. I have I, there I, either I'm the luckiest person and like like untapped has like tracked my record. And I'm talking. I'm getting lucky like sixteen and one with this deck. So like in best of three. Of course, not best of one, because best of one, I'm probably getting stomped by red deck. I have no respect for aggro in the main deck, in this deck. So if you're the one person who's playing red deck, you win. <laughs> like, like game one, it's yours. 
<laughs> but that's that's all I'm I, without taking over the whole thing. That's all I gotta say. Slightly, I I will say I played some Jace, and Jace is better than I thought. I don't know about the truth. That's pretty. That's pretty high <laughs> praise or like whatever. But it, it's not as bad as I expected it to be. The the plus is actually pretty good against a lot of cards. Like plus zero plus three actually is pretty good at shutting down something. And then you draw a couple cards with it, and if you're playing full on control, minus, it's kind of minus a win three, con. Minus like zero. you, you can get to the you can get to the point where you actually just mill people out with it. Like that is somewhat realistic, especially for proliferating and stuff. So I think it's better than I gave it credit for too. Although maybe not quite as good as Crim's thinking. But what uh, what do you think of all this, Richard? What what are you expecting? We got the tournament. Results. I believe like, none of this. I'm looking at the data. <laughs> I'm looking at the data. So. We have two challenges uh, since uh, since the set released. First day was looking bleak. Okay, forty seven percent mono white mid range. Okay, <laughs> now that's your standard mono white deck. Except now we've added Big Emperor in here, and we've yep. added uh, Ossification. So Ossification is kind of like Chain of the Rocks for Planeswalkers and um, creatures, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, people are just stomping all over the place with the with the with the Wanderer. Uh, the second, the second challenge, uh, things got a little more spicy. We're seeing the emergence of Atraxa. Uh, Atraxa usually going into a shell with, uh, Invoke Justice. Uh, they also sometimes play, uh, Portal to Phyrexia, which is that, like, giant artifact that, uh, rats, uh, three creatures, and then you can start reanimating things. And then that's basically it. So that's kind of the new deck. And then we have still a lot of mono-white mid-range, uh, soldiers, Grixis, Jun, Mardu, Azorius. Uh, but kind of attracts us the breakout card. And attracts us kind of just like draw a ton of cards when it enters the battlefield. You invoke it out. Deck doesn't seem to have a plan B. Uh, <laughs> unlike the mono-white mid-range decks and the old invoke, invoke decks where you can actually do something, this kind of leans hard on being able to invoke it out. Uh, I guess you can try to grind, but it looks kind of miserable. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I I don't even know. Uh, some of those decks, is it possible to cast Atroxa in all of them? I guess just barely. But you had a really, you really got to draw the right. So, I so appreciate it's a five C deck whatever playing quad white invoke. Right, it's like the greediest mana base of like all time. Oh, like just like yeah. one stone rain or something will send them into. <laughs> it's. Actually, I, I'm seeing lands that don't even produce white. <laughs> like normally, yeah. like example, you see Grixis. Every land produces a swamp. <laughs> this deck, there's just lands that straight. There's a Mirex, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> but like, wow. <laughs> it, it, I think pretty much. So there, there's some builds that are much greedier. It's Invoke or nothing, right? Uh, and they have like maybe one or two lands that they can draw into, like the the Jetmere's Gardens and stuff that they can actually cast their spells, but. Uh, I, I feel they're preying on lack of graveyard hate at the moment uh, for oh, yeah. this to work. Well, really, though, like, if you look at the challenges, Atrox actually won both of them. <laughs> like, it won one in four-color Invoke Justice. The other one wasn't even an Invoke Justice deck. It was a, a Cami War deck where it was literally just a five-color pile. Like, it's playing blue, <laughs> three Blue Suns Twilights in the deck. It's somehow five colors, and it's playing three copies of Murex in the mana base. I have no idea what is going on with this deck, but Standard is so grindy that just doing the biggest stuff possible is actually a pretty effective strategy, like, because everyone is grinding. Like, one thing you don't see a ton of on here is aggro. Like, there's a mono-red list that slipped into one of the challenges, but there's one soldier's, soldiers? list. Soldiers? It's really, it's really a very grindy, like, mid-rangey meta overall. I think in the second challenge, I actually know the first challenge, there were two poison decks that just missed the top eight. I'm curious what you guys think of those decks. They're, they're pretty similar. They're just, they're not comboing or anything. They're just straight up green and white poison playing all the most efficient toxic creatures in Skrelv's Hive and just kind of, just kind of going for it. Just like hoping that they can poison you out. What do you think about poison in standard? Like, is this a sign that the mechanic's actually legitimate and going to be a part of the meta? It's an archetype that I haven't played against much. If I ever play against poison, it's people trying to do like rot priest, ivy shenanigans. I rarely play against people that are just playing uh, toxic fairly. Is there really a, a poison deck in standard? A fair poison deck? I've played against this a lot. Uh, I played against good? poison. 
it's it just slowly gets there. It truly just feels like crawling chorus. Like you just look at it and you're like, okay, one one. Oh my god, hold on, I'm I'm actually dying. Hold on, give me a second. Uh, like if if I'm not playing like some kind of control deck, these decks are they close. They close to the game a lot faster than you you would think. Uh, the toxic one adds up. Venerated Rot Priest is probably an all star and way better than like that 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 card carries. I think that card just straight up carries the whole deck, to be honest. And then it's Bloated Contaminator. So uh, this this deck I feel is actually pretty pretty damn good. Um, and I, I if you look at a lot of the decks, they're trying to go bigger. Do like look at the five color deck. They've got like a braid and like like crawling chorus just like leaves a body behind that also has toxic. So they've got a braid, cathartic pyre, and uh, like a few things like that, and they're just hoping to go bigger than you. But these toxic decks will close out quickly. And if you if one of your braids eat like a, a Tamio's protection spell or something like that, you're feeling real bad after, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're feeling real bad, especially if they have venerated rot priests. And those decks play a ton of protection. You got Tyver's Stand, you got Tamio Safekeeping, you got Valor Sense. There's like eight protection spells or something in the main deck of those decks. I think those decks are pretty good at punishing punishing the greedy decks. Like, yeah. you do not want to stumble against those decks. If you're playing one of these three five-color piles, you got all the Triumphs, your mana base maybe a little bit too tapped or whatever. These decks are really good at punishing you. Once you fall behind the poison, uh, the poison drain, it is really hard to actually catch back up. Yeah, really? with every like, I mean, I assume at some point, right, Malira just gets brought in. But yeah. if as as once that becomes the tech to bring in, obviously Poison can just bring it because it's not like Green White doesn't have answers to Malira. So, although I, they don't play any in the main deck, like they they would probably have to change their deck if people start playing Malira, they're right? Because they're right. not really playing any removal, like period. These builds in the main deck, I don't think. We I guess Valorous the deck. But- that du- that is trying to punish the deck, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> now the tech is to main deck the Malira. But look at this. Look at this meta. It's all mid-range, right? It's like all mid-range with like soldiers, right? And like uh, a mono red and maybe poison is pretty much aggro, which is pretty much how I look at it now. Poison is aggro. That's how you beat these mid-range decks. Call it combo. Call it aggro. I don't care. Whatever, right? Like the, the point is... That car, th- this meta has been it. It reads kind of like okay, super grindy, miserable, like like oh yada yada yada. Because you hear, you see mid range, you hear grindy, but it's a fun grind. The play pattern is a blast the, all the way through. And on top of that, it feels funny that these mid range decks and like this Injust- invoke justice deck is going bigger and playing way slower. That somehow my control deck is more aggro than they are because I'm closing out <laughs> games faster than they are. Yeah, uh, and, the Mirix and gets I, in there. I, yeah, I'm I'm not even joking. Like one prologue to Phyresis, <laughs> and then Mirix starts becoming an Avengers level threat. Until somebody starts playing the Demolition Field, I'm good. But look at Mono White mid range. My deck has been eating this, and it's been all over the ladder. It has been so easy just beating this deck. Like honestly. As long as you have a stable internet connection, you can win. <laughs> that is all you need. That is literally all you need. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean... So I think Toxic probably underperformed, right? Because Poison is the thing that everyone's trying, right? And usually, at the, in the beginning, aggro dominates because aggro is like pretty easy you kind of stumble and then like you just like run you know run people over and the fact that it didn't make much headroom here is probably a little worrying right but maybe people haven't figured out the optimal build yet so give it some time but i mean how many traditionally mid-range eats aggro right so in a mid-range filled meta you don't want to be aggro right you want to be like crim said control right and in a control-based uh meta you want to be aggro so if everyone's just sitting away with mid-range threats uh, poison seems a little too slow to get there. At least these like kind of fair hit you in the face type decks. Uh, but to Krim's point about mono white mid range, I think it's more of a control deck than mid range. I don't, I don't know, right? Yeah. It's like it's a tap out control deck. It's playing like four six drop <laughs> Eternal Wanderers, and it's just casting them. Like there, there's no like no cheating, no ramp, nothing. Right? It's just sitting there playing removal, removal, Spirited Companion. Planeswalker, Planeswalker, Planeswalker. It's more akin to, like, 
Gideon Jura control, like kind of like the old school, like solar flare type decks. I don't know, something like it's not a draw go control deck, but uh, it's looking to just dirtle around and then slap some planeswalkers and end the game, right? So, I mean, yeah. I think you can argue that most of the decks that are called mid range <clears throat> are actually like closer to control, like Grixis. If you look at a Grixis list, is that really a mid range deck? It's like Four creatures, and they're like removal spells, like Blood Tithe Harvester and Corpse Har- uh, Appraiser. Removal or card draw, and then it's just all the removal encounters you can play. That, that's I, I feel like this judge. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that. Okay, Grixis. First off, okay, Richard, let 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 Grixis have its time. Right, it is tier one. <laughs> it's okay, that's what you let, you looks let like Jun, in twenty twenty. No, no, no. You let Jun go. This is a Grixis thing right now. This is sick. <laughs> Grixis is finally here, and I don't play it. <laughs> Uh, so i mean is there anything else you can see that's made an impact from the new set so really so far we haven't really seen too many new archetypes i guess i guess you could argue five color invoke justice is a new archetype although really like the invoke justice uh, the deck is mostly the same but it's playing atroxa now essentially like it's very similar to the old invoke justice decks you just have atroxas when you reanimation targets a little bit of poison in there. Um, obviously, uh, Wander, his uh, Eternal Wander has made a big impact. We're seeing a lot of those in control. We're seeing those in the mono white decks. So we see some ossification, some individual cards. I don't know. Is it right to feel a little disappointed in the lack of impact of, of Phyrexia so far? Like, were you expecting more new Phyrexia stuff? Because really, outside of the Troxa five-color piles... It kind of looks the same as what we had before with with a couple new cards thrown in. It is way too early to even add, like like to even think that this set hasn't made an impact. I bear I bet you like half of these decks and the, the like the list that won these challenges, this is essentially week 0, right? This is what it looks like week 0. What did people already know was good? Sure, what could slot into these decks? All right, well let's take that to a tournament. And on top of that, we have seen on week, like think about it, on just week one of uh, uh, of or week zero, we have actually seen more cards than you would think because you just mentioned ossification. No new archetypes outside of poison, that's fine, but we got lots of new cards that have been hitting the meta. And including Jace, who's been getting played, who was in the Esper mid-range deck list. I see you out there with that 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 super friends list. That deck is sick. You've got Vraska, obviously Eternal Wanderer. You've seen Shieldred's Edict. Like, this set has made a splash. Was Is it a new archetype? Maybe not. Not yet. But, like, there has been tons of stuff across the board from all this one. So, I think the set overall has delivered. It is strong enough to where I've I've really enjoyed this standard. It's made splash. Uh, I've seen lots of cards getting played across the board. I don't know if so. I consider like ossification or shoulder Z deck like <laughs> making a splash. Like, oh, my deck got a slightly Control upgraded player, removal yeah. spell. Like, I don't know if that counts, but uh, it is true that we are we are seeing some cards from the side. What were you going to say, Richard? I didn't mean to cut you off. This is what happens when Jund is too good, right? Like, basically, yeah. the raw power of your cards is, is so high that you don't really need synergy. And what that means is when new cards come out, you just slot whatever the best like three cards of the set are into your deck or you just adjust to whatever the meta is like oh there's more aggro fine right my shouldred invoke justice fable core whatever is perfectly fine i'll just play four ossifications and i'm good that makes no sense because of all the colors i chose but you know i'll just play (laughs) shoulders edict or whatever and i'm good right and you can just configure your deck the way you need it because you're not breaking any synergies right whereas like a deck like poison it doesn't matter what the metagame looks like. There's only so many pieces you can move around because you're relying on synergies and, you know, the new set's probably not going to have any new toxic cards for you and stuff like that. So they're, they're more set in stone. So on one hand, a lot of new cards enter the format. On the other hand, it looks kind of the same because they just complemented kind of the existing powerhouses, right? Like it's still an Invoke Justice deck. You're just, you know, now invoking a Traxa instead of an Angel, right? Or instead of a, a Planeswalker, right? Or now you just play the bigger planeswalk you play the bigger wanderer instead of the smaller wanderer right or you just curve into both right so yeah i mean this is kind of the problem when jund is too good it just kind of looks all the same i mean i think the big shakeup will be next set and i i agree with krim that it's still like we're weak into standard so new stuff will definitely develop people are going to figure stuff out so i think that's uh, also true 
But, I mean, next set, battles, new card types. I think that's when things are really going to... They're going to have to look different. There's no way Wizards makes a new card type, and it's not good enough to have an impact on standard. So I think that's when we're going to see things get pretty wild. As it is, though, standard is super fun, uh, especially if you like hour-long matches. I feel like I every time I try to record a video that's like five matches, it ends up being like three hours of gameplay to get through those five matches. It's just like the longest, grindiest, closest games. But it's really interesting magic. Like, I find it very enjoyable to play. Uh, I'd be curious what people think. Well, other people's experience has been with this standard if you're expecting more of a shake-up or if you're happy with where it is one other deck that we haven't talked about that i've seen a few times that i think has been really cool is like big red or like mono red control have you seen that uh that that crim it's got like the have proliferate cough? spells it's got cough it's trying to like proliferate into cough ultimates and it's playing the uh, it's uh, sardine not avenger cliff oh the minotaur Trump. Whatever that is, uh, the, the other sardine card, yeah, that's like a zero four. But then once yeah. you lands, it gets power equal to the number of mountains you have. That deck's actually pretty cool. Like that's a, I think there's some new decks like that that are floating beneath the surface. Maybe they didn't top eat the challenge or get the list published. But I've seen some archetypes like that that look good enough that it gives me hope that maybe maybe something like that will break through over the next couple of months as we keep exploring this format and figuring out the meta. So I, I still think there's there's change to be had and things to happen in this format for sure. I still think that there's definitely a, a card availability thing as well on like and whatnot and how much people are willing to explore around on on moto with but like a card that like I was I've been playing with and I think is just way better and I think it's gonna show up a lot more Skrull's Hive I think that card's been pretty aggressive uh, playing tokens and whatnot uh, like it's it, my tokens decks have been feeling pretty aggressive and pretty strong and who cares if they portal you because none of your stuff matters because there's just because you, you play a bunch of one ones so Skrelv's Hive, Urbrask's Forge these are cards that I think are definitely under the surface and probably waiting to get broken into the format along with Koth I think I, I played with it I played against it it ults really fast it still kind of sucks, but like, like, <laughs> yeah, it, even if you ultimate, you're like, yeah, okay, like, bolt, bolt me, I guess. Sure, you got me. <laughs> that one kind of sucked. I think the Koth was at its best when I had all his one out on the board, but that, or that, that's because I just got to deal four damage for free. <laughs> but yeah, uh, all, all is one sweet. Like, um, I don't know if that card will ever be tier one, but that can deal some damage if you, uh, if you get it going. Yeah, like I was noodling around with like all is one, like mono red, like big red, like you had mentioned, but with planeswalkers and artifacts like Dragon Spark Reactor. And that's where I'm wondering if not now at a future point, the Mycosynth Gardens, that is a land that I don't think has any buzz outside of it confusing the Arena auto tapper and making you pay more for all your spells. That card is uh, like the most infuriating thing when that happens <laughs> on Arena, but because of auto tapper, the thing does just become the artifact. Not until end of turn. You uh, For those that don't know at home, uh, Mycosynth Gardens just adds a colorless. Pay one, tap it to add for any color. And then pay X and tap it. Mycosynth Gardens becomes a copy of target non-artifact token or non-token artifact you control with mana value X. So it just straight up becomes the artifact. And for a lot of these, these sets that have a silly amount of cheap artifacts that are efficient, like I was able to copy an Urbrask's Forge with it to have two copies of that. Dude, the thing kind of pops off randomly so that land gets it i i think it's a land that no one talks about right now and i think if more artifacts when more artifacts come down the pipeline this just gets even better yeah i think that's a challenge in standard is like do you have enough good things to copy i know that's been one of the one of the breakout cards in modern like that's uh it's speaking of challenges the modern challenge is up and uh one of the top eight decks was amulet titan with four Mycosynth Gardens uh, in the main deck. So there was some some speculation that it might be good in that deck heading into the release. And it seems like that's actually playing out, just copying your amulets or whatever. Very, very powerful in that deck. So even though it hasn't quite made it in uh, in standard yet, definitely making it in older formats, which is uh, interesting to see. What do you think about the Panharmonic on Cycle? Is it, are we giving up on those? Are those just commander cards or those have not shown up anywhere? The, uh, all the mythic cycle, is, is there time for those to make it or is it time to be like, okay, those will be fun in my commander deck, but they just aren't, they aren't designed for 1v1 formats. There's time for one of them. Mondrak. Uh, is, yeah, that the, Mondrak is that the one that has a shot? The, yeah. Two, the two, the, and then a close second would be the red. The other three are like 
non-existent to me. So, uh, like, like maybe in your pet deck or whatever as a pet card, but I, I do believe that the, the white one and the red one do have, it has its time, um, in, in like, just give it a little bit. I do believe that also it's, yeah, again, too early. The set just came out. There's still a lot to explore in this standard uh, for right now. The other thing I got to ask you, Richard, is what about what about green? I know when we were talking about spoiler season, like it seemed like white and green were two of the biggest winners from Fraxia. Just if you had to pick the colors, they got the most cool things. Looking at these challenge lists, sure, green is sometimes a splash color in Jund or a five color deck. But there's no mono green. No one's no one's going aggro and curving out with green creatures or anything like that. Is green just can it not work in the Jun meta? Is there too much removal? What what's the problem with green, Richard? Like I thought I got a lot of good cards from this set. Green green got cards in case Crim's Esper control deck popped off. I'm not even sure if Run or the Dino even do anything. They don't. Uh, but it it's just subpar mid range threats, right? Everyone else just has better mid range threats and. White has all the removal, right? From from spot removal to planeswalker removal to sweepers. White has it all. And the mid-range threats are just as good and better with the reanimation. So green is kind of pushed out. Um does it have time to do anything? I mean yeah. poison? <laughs> like poison is green, right? Like it, yeah. it, it's it's relegated to the, the aggro color uh Atraxa has green in it so if you want to try to hard cast your attractions you got to play some green lands that's another that's another hope but people like people don't even bother putting force like, that's how bad green is right they're like look i'm playing attractions we just won't put any green lands in the deck we'll just reanimate attractions that's fine yeah. like they, they don't even bother with the green right so it's it's possible that Titan of Industry used to be Green's last hope, but now people are just like, whatever, just invoke Justice Atraxa, and then I'm not going to bother playing Green at all. Um, maybe. But yeah, I mean, yeah, White has all the best mid-range threats, apparently. Yeah, and then you get all the great removal in black. Uh, so there's this, yeah, maybe. What do you think, Krim? Can Green make it? Or do we have to debrace ourselves for another standard with no green? Which would probably be the best thing for you, actually, come to think of it. But <laughs> No wonder why I'm so happy about this standard. You know, like, a green's nowhere in sight. On top of that, like, it is true, though. Like, the answers and everything got so much better. And it's like I had mentioned in early, or like before the set came out. Carnage Tyrant was good for its time because of what was out, what was available, what answers you had, and the where it fit in the meta. In this current meta, everything is so much better than a seven, eight mana dinosaur. And 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 Thrun just does not do enough. Thrun just literally it, it sounds silly when you read Thrun, but for me, and oftentimes I've played against it, it has read as a vanilla 4-4 or whatever 5-5 five, five it is. And that's even on a control deck, it resolves and I answer it, right? Like that this is the problem. Like green, just I, I'm never. I never thought I'd bat for green so hard, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do. It, like it just it it sits there and it just that's a it it feels like green of old, like back in 2000. Yo, that's a really <laughs> sick giant green creature. Yeah, nice. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna buddy. doom blade it. <laughs> All right, and then, and then it's like yo, that's sick that you spent you traded your five six mana for my two. And it just feels like everything that green is doing feels suboptimal. <laughs> like, like Ouch. at its curve and everything that it's doing, it feels suboptimal right now. It's just not that good. Like you, you yeah. like, and, and I'm not even talking about just my control deck. I'm talking about the mid range decks that have black playing Shieldred's Edict. That is like hilariously pantsing green. That card is just, I mean, it's like it, they were already bad in standard, and then they got worse because the answers got better. So. Right now, just green. Okay, I, if I say this and I put it out there and the next set is just green heavy, it, but like maybe it's a monkey. Oh, God. Green needs a little bit of help. Green needs a I little might, bit of help. I might regret saying that. I might regret saying this, but I think green needs one mana mana dorks. Like I've tried, a bunch of, I've tried a bunch of green decks lately and they have pretty good things to ramp into. Like Nissa is still like really good top end. You got Titan of Industry. 
the mana dorks at two mana die every single time. Like you just cannot, you cannot build a deck around them because every deck has so much removal that you're doing this like tap out for my two drop to make mana and then it just dies. And then you're, you go nowhere. I think green needs like a land of elves or an elvish mystic. Maybe that would be too push, but I think that's, I think they need faster ramp to make their deck actually work. And with the current power level of standard. I, yeah, I know. Funny enough, that <laughs> might actually be true because, like, half the time, they just straight up eat a make disappear for their four drop, and it's like, oh, my God, the Game, tempo yeah. is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so looking at the green deck, so the the, the most prominent green deck <laughs> is Celestia Poison and also Jundwin Grace. People have been playing Nyssa. Nyssa, Nyssa's showing up. Uh, Glissa, which reads, like, you know, kill anything in combat or like draw a card, destroy enchantment or remove three counters. Uh, Tyvar has seen some play. Uh, so yeah, the Tyvar deck's cute. Green cards, but like, I don't know, like reanimating into Titan of Industry uh, is, is kind of like its big bomb play. And that's kind of just like, okay. Underwhelming. Right? Like, that's, that's like good, <laughs> but like other decks do just as powerful things right you know you're not like really going over the top in the way green traditionally goes over the top um so oh yeah that's that's green oh there's two thrones in the sideboard of this deck yes uh, in case they run into cram and then he'd probably find a way to just I, shield rids edicted away anyway yeah i, I like lily on it i promise you that card these cards are not the answer to control that they think it is <laughs> it's it's like obliterator or something right you're like cool We'll just take five or something if you can't answer it, right? Or you do answer it and then you're like super down on mana, right? So Obliterator's only good also if there's a ton of aggro. And or if and, you're right? fight spells. I, yeah, I see or, some or, people doing fight spell shenanigans and it can get people. It does get people. For sure. It definitely gets people. Uh but like yeah, like these uh, question, question for you got Elish Norn is someone we have. I was just about. gonna no, no, I'm just no, gonna say no, that mommy. If Dude, not yet, if if this is all about Atroxa coming into play, entering the battlefield, drawing a million cards, isn't Elish Norn like the the perfect answer? Like that, it shuts down Atroxa so hard. It's just Wait, a seven seven that does nothing. But but why? Like why play Elish? Like you're playing Elish Norn, and yeah, you may get the one Atroxa player. Like you get the Atroxa yeah. player for sure, but. <laughs> It's so bad elsewhere. Like, it's for that exact situation. So you're essentially paying for a five-mana Torpor Orb that is only going to blank that card. And, I mean, like, I Portal. Sure. El Elishnorn's actually really good against Mono White, too. I've played a lot of Elishnorn, of course, obviously. I think the problem is the black removal is really good against it. When you run into the black decks, it's pretty bad because it's just so easy to kill. Very effective, though, I think, in uh, against the white decks. I, I'm surprised that we're not seeing more people add them for the white mirrors. Well, it shuts down pretty much all of their creatures. Right. You pretty much need a lay down arms if you're actually going to kill it. Like, that's the one I mean, the one actual answer that you have is lay down arms. Evil, evil, all the sweepers. Uh, yeah, like ossification. Well, out of the sideboard, I guess. <laughs> out of the sideboard, you get more options. Ossification doesn't work with LH Nor now. Oh, yeah, like, right. You shut, ossification. You shut that but, down, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you do get you do get destroy evil, which they do play in the main deck. That's like not a sideboard thing anymore. That's just like main deck. Yeah. Also, and all, in high quantity. Kill. Yeah, I Except, mean, I guess small wanderer doesn't kill hellish Norn, but big wanderer. <laughs> no, it can. does not. I don't know. <laughs> big like, wanderer like, potentially can. Yeah, I played Elish Norn as well in in mono white versus mono white, and it's. I think the problem is that, yes, you may get to hate out a few of their things, and or at least you pray you do before it eventually eats the inevitable removal spell. But the turns when I untap with it, it just doesn't do anything. Like, like I, I might get to draw two cards with Spirited Companion or maybe get two planes. Like, that, that, that was... <laughs> that's a thing. That's so, a, that's a thing. Look, <laughs> look, counts. the amount of copium that is needed so far to make this card good and standard is unreal. Because there's just no good ETBs. I think Lauren of the Third Path is probably the best ETB you have. Wait, wait, no, no. It, it doubles ossification, right? Sure. It doubles leyline binding it, ossification. It, does. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it doubles those. Sure. I mean, it's, but, it's kind of sus though because if you play a mono white mirror, I guess they have the Elish Norn to to protect against Lauren 
of the third path. But like those ossifications are incredibly fragile in mono white mirrors. Yeah. So. Like one farewell yes. or, or, or something along those lines or even a destroy evil. And it's like, hey, look, everybody's back out to play again. <laughs> right. So like oftentimes I found ossification just like, OK, att- like suspend on a planeswalker or something like that. So I don't know. Like. I don't think Elishnorn's good in standard until they give you like a full blown like there's gotta be a haymaker of an ETB that you can really take advantage of. And and and, and not Titan of Industry, although maybe that might dunk red deck because that apparently needs dunking on. Uh so like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like Red's, is there... Red's already dunked out of the format at this point. Exactly. Like, so not, why not dunk really it harder, thing. I guess? But but <laughs> is there yeah. anything really <sighs> worthwhile like there's no etb that you're just like oh my god i got another trigger of this i win the game i mean there's some sweet ones like there's i guess there's nothing that like wins the game but like archangel of wrath dealing eight damage sanctuary warden like doubling up its triggers there are some decent ones but there's nothing that's like literally win the game level like titan of industry is probably the or atroxa is probably the like best etb trigger yeah. I don't know. I, I found the problem just to be so many black decks. Like, I, I think there's matchups where Elishorn's very good, but then there's also so many decks where it's just not good and doesn't do enough, and it's just, like, a little bit overcosted. So it might be a wait-and-see thing, although I, I would jam at least a copy if I was playing mono-white mid-range. Like, I, I think it's worth it. Like, its body's good. It, I think it does enough in that context. I, I Like, I played it in mono-white, and I think that was my only home for it so far so maybe that there is a home that i'm not thinking of uh that that may- benefits it way more but for right I now mean, even in mono uh, white it just you know it didn't it feels better like uh, to play almost anything else like like <laughs> leaving up my mana um like elspeth resplendent it feels better like i don't know just elish norn has felt very underwhelming for now for now. I think you just got to build around it. I think you got to build around it more. I think that's where, where it comes down to. Like, I think it's a worthy payoff. It just dies too much in this meta. Like, there's just yeah. still, there's just so much, like, Esper, Grixis, Mardu, like, so many of the just, like, tons of black targeted removal decks. And that's where Alishorn is at its worst by far. Like, where is it at its best? Like, is it, do you really think, because, like... It has to be Spirited Companion, right? Atraxa is, like, the most win-more thing, right? Like, if you resolve an Atraxa and you can't win, you need to double that up. Like, what is your deck even doing, <laughs> right? So it's, it's got to be, like, the Spirited Companions, right? Like, the incremental advantages you can get. And if we don't like resolving Elish Norn into Spirited Companion and Vicious Farmhand, like, what, what, what more do you want here? Like, <laughs> I mean, so... So I built a bunch of Elish Norn decks, and there are some, like, there are some pretty good options. We talked about Archangel Arath, you got the Spirited Companions, uh, you have, like, Topiary Stomper, if you want to go green and go, like, more ramping style, it doubles up your Golic Readers, triggers when creatures come into play, uh, Skitterbeam Battalion makes a, a pretty impressive board full of tokens, so you can go that direction, Ether Channelers, Card Draw, slash Bound, slash Token Production, the new Azorius Legend that makes, like, a Golem when it comes into play, if you're getting two of those, that's actually kind of good. And then you're pretty close to one more artifact and you get the next one on your end step, which is pretty good. So there are shenanigans, but I think it's going to take some work. And I don't think any of those solve the issue of it just being five mana die a lot. Like it, it has some of the same issues that Panharmonicon has where you're, yes, you get a big body, which is a huge upgrade, but still a lot of the time you're going to tap out and play it. And then your opponent's going to go for the throat it or shielders edict it or whatever. And then you got nothing for, you spent five mana and got nothing out of it essentially. So, and that just happens in a lot of matchups in current standard. And and that's where, like, that's how it's played out, right? That's how it's felt on, on like most of the times it's just like, I paid five mana to end my turn. Right. And then <laughs> and then they answered it and then I lost. Right. Like I don't know. It's just that's the problem. It's funny enough that the mom m- mother of ETBs actually doesn't do anything when she hits the board. Like she has no ETB. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, have you had any luck with Iker Moon Gauntlet Grim? That's like no, the next against the odds card I'm working on, and I've like seven decks into it trying to find one that like kinda works. It's it's a lot harder than I thought. I was really hyped for that card and thought it might be busted, but initial impression is it's definitely not not busted, and it's gonna take some work to actually power it up. So there, there, I often get asked this, and there's two que- there's two answers here. 
is it good or is it fun? Right. And like this, is a, I, I will answer those two for you right now. It is fun. <laughs> it is an awful card. I have spent three. That That is another. I'm going to spend three mana and I'm going to just pass the turn. And then and then I'm going to lose to literally everything that you played because I've taken my turn three and passed it off to you. And and I've actually let it resolve and it has done nothing. And they proliferated a little bit and I killed the thing anyways. So like it it re- in that situation, unless you really need that proliferate, it, I, I I would just play a planeswalker in that. So I would play three mana Kaido. I'd play a Lily, something that does something, right? <laughs> Uh, the Ickermoon Gauntlet. I there is an Esper midrange list that placed, did something or did six and zero oh, sixth place in the standard challenge. Looks all, like similar to like what I had played, uh, like and and put out for the video, um, and that was the deck that I tried it in first. It should be a killer here, an all star here. It sucks. It absolutely <laughs> was just awful. So then I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna put another Planeswalker in place of this. And you know what? I was so happy every time I never drew it, and and like it always just felt better there. And if a planeswalker deck can't take advantage of it, I don't know where you want it. <laughs> like like it, literally, I, a planeswalker deck does not want this. Yeah, I I tried so many planeswalker decks trying to make the against the odds deck work, and wow, I could not make it happen. It seems like it should be a great planeswalker deck card. Eventually, and I don't know if this will be a like a competitive tier strategy, but I think the best way to abuse it is all will be one, actually. Like, if you have enough things where you're getting counters and all will be one, you can actually turn it into a lot of damage. So I think that's where I where I landed on the best use of it is actually the Planeswalker thing is like kind of a trap or like a side plan in your deck. And you need to have another way to take advantage of the counters it puts on things. One other. OK, two, two more questions about Fraxy, and then we got to hit up a couple other topics. One. Any chance the equipment decks work? That's something I saw some in limited. In limited, I see four Mirrodin decks all the time. Constructed though, not seeing for Mirrodin, not seeing Kemba's, not seeing any of that stuff. Eh. So you're, if you're hope? talking about Paw Blade, uh, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Uh, I've I've got a video coming out on Goldfish for that as well, and I think it works best when you yell for Mirrodin. Uh, you have to yell it when you play the equipments. I found that it's helped me win. Um, other than and when you yell it, there's a little bit of a prayer kind of like in between the letters, and it's please don't have removal. And <laughs> like if you if you interact with me, I will lose the game. Uh, so <laughs> I will say that the one thing that's nice about Formiridin cards is that it, with a critical mass of them, you get around a lot of the edicts and the stuff like that because they come attached with a body. So that has been very good. Obviously, you know, maybe not Shielder's Edict, but like the thing is, they do come attached with a body. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like living so, weapon. Rabbit's almost, foot, like... rabbit. No, rabbit battery plus Kemba. Yeah. That's just a turn two four right there, right? Like four damage. With haste. Yeah, yeah with haste. In right away. That was the curve. I loved it. Jorkadine, great. Um, the one thing that I think though is that is just like. A, a little bit of a, a, a trap that I, I fell into because I thought, ooh, cool, new sword, red-green sword. <laughs> the, I, I will tell you right now, I may have equipped it with a bunch of high-equip-cost red artifacts, <laughs> which would thus cause those cards to fall off. <laughs> just just saying. Yep. Yep. I, I very much so thought the game blew up. I was like, Arena, are you bugged? What happened? Why does my Kemba no longer have haste? <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> so so it starts yes. like a drawback actually yeah I, I did that too playing mono green and put like a blanchwood armor on my thrun and then put the sword on it and like oh no no not like this and that is why content creators we here are here to inform you of like what we do is for content it's to let you know what not to do yeah right learn from so, our mistakes yes yeah. it is informative when you watch what we do <laughs> yeah no right, equipment's one- bad equipment's so bad I, last, it's bad. Last Phyrexia question, and we're jumping all the way back to Legacy. So there's been some surprise hype about Mercurial Spell Dancer, the new two-drop rogue that's, like, unblockable, and then it gets oil counters, and then when you hit, you can remove two oil counters and copy your next instant or sorcery spell. People are saying it's the new Dreadhorde Arcanist. It uh, came in first in the Legacy Challenge, the first Legacy Challenge we've had with the new set. Is this... 
the new Dreadhorde Arcanist? Is this the new Ledger Shredder, the card that everyone missed during spoiler season and is actually just going to, like, blow up in older formats? Or are people being irrationally exuberant about the possibilities of this uh, of this rogue? Are, are you buying the hype, Richard, in formats like Legacy for this card or even Modern? I don't know. You got to hit twice. <laughs> you got to hit twice and then you get a copy. Well, you only got to hit one. So when you cast a non-creature spell, it gets oil counters. And then when it deals oh, combat damage, two. you can remove okay, so two. You so you need to two cast two spells and hit once. Yeah. And then people are just like, copy my expressive iteration or my brainstorm. Like, no, people aren't building around that okay. ability in so, any so, meaningful way. So modern way. is a joke, right? So no, because you're going to get red and sixed. <laughs> okay. Yep. But legacy is banned. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. So. <laughs> so. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it easier? Is it easier, Dreadhorde Arcanist? I don't know. Actually, how how relevant is the body of Dreadhorde Arcanist? It's like a one three, right? It's a one three. Yeah, this can't be blocked, which is nice. Like, so it's yeah. two damage for sure, which is a nice upside. So you're getting in more damage naturally. Also, you don't have to worry about graveyard hate. I guess like Arcanist yeah. needs spells in the graveyard. This just copies them from your hand. I, it'll be interesting. It's a it's a three it's of good. in the winning I, I don't think legacy, So okay, okay. As, as as a legacy player, you probably try new cards all the time. But also to like take down events with it, it can't be a total meme, right? Like it's got to be somewhat legitimate. <laughs> and it see it, it reads well. The same same deck. Uh, three minor missteps in the main deck too. Apparently, yeah. even if you have to pay a, a mana for your mental misstep, it is still good enough in legacy. Worth. <laughs> oh. All right, so that's that's our Phyrexia will be one news. Uh, I got to ask you about this Moto stuff. We got some Moto news. I think it was actually last week, but we missed it. They announced they're selling cards from the store now, which is something new. Starting with Phyrexia All will be one. They have bundles, which if you're familiar with Arena, how you get like the, the card style bundles, kind of similar to that. Richard, what are these bundles? What are they going for? What does this mean? All right, so with one... Daybreak Games has uh, released bundles that you can purchase directly. So the Phyrexian Oil Lands, kind of the, the black lands with the mana symbols on them, 10 basics of any one type cost $4. A 50-card bundle uh, with 10 of each land costs $17. Uh, the five completed Planeswalkers, the, the anime ones, Krim, uh, $15. And then the Fast Lands are $5. Now, when you get the styles, you get the cards, right? So if you don't own yep. these cards, uh, you get to use them. And then you also get this new art uh, directly in the store. Uh, so none of this uh, treasure chest hunting business where they release new cards and then it's hard to get. Uh, everyone can just buy them. Um, and I'm sure bots will just buy them and resell them too so that you can easily access them in bots. But pretty... Fair prices, especially given that you get the cards. Uh, yeah. Just like five bucks for a set of fast lines if you like the look. Yeah, it was kind of funny. When these first came out, did a little bit of the math, comparing them to arena card styles. And these are, if you compare them to like card style bundles, the same price are cheaper depending on like the Mythic Planeswalkers would be almost exactly the same price as if you had a five Mythic bundle of card styles on Arena around 15 bucks. But you're getting the actual cards. And I think if you're getting like the, the fast lands, we're getting one of each for five dollars. So a dollar a piece. It's way cheaper than getting card styles on Arena. So I was actually kind of blown away. And just like what a fair deal this felt <laughs> like. It's it's like. It's optional. You don't need these. You can still get the normal right. versions in packs or in treasure chests. But if you want a fancy version, it seems really fairly priced to me, which I was just like completely shocked because I assumed it would be like way overcosted and like not worth it. But I don't know. It actually seems pretty worth it. What do you think, Krim? Like a fair deal if you want these cards? I don't know why Arena hasn't just done this. Like just, Seriously. Just buy the style but not actually get the card. That seems weird. So especially when something as as it seems like, you know, okay, cool. We as magic players, yo, that's great. Lands. Lands are, you know, we understand that. But when you tell a new player like, oh, yeah, most of your wild cards are going to lands. That's that's kind of miserable. So I love that Moto's doing this. This is one of the things that I, I think is an upside on Moto that they're allowing you to just get the card straight up and at a really good price. So... The arena God. mode is such a feel bad. Like the, the like 
this has never happened to me, but you know there's someone out there who bought the card styles not realizing you don't get the cards and got like yep. useless card styles from buying a bundle. So I, I hope Arena learns from this and like I don't know if you could actually get the cards along with the card style in arena, it would be such a such a nice little upgrade uh, for for everyone. But I'm pretty happy about it. Are you going to pick any of these up, Richard? The only problem is everyone on Moto uses <laughs> uses rental programs now, which yeah. kind of disincentivizes you from buying cards. Although maybe these special versions, I don't know. I I don't know if Card Hoarder or whoever is going to like buy enough of these to stock the rental programs. Normally you just get like the base versions, not the special promos through the rental program. So maybe that's why they're doing this is like rental programs are making us not sell many cards. So this is a way that we can still like make some money off of it. I don't know. What, a what do you think? An anime Tarmogoyf. When they release anime What does an anime Tarmogoyf look like, Richard? <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's it's just like an anime girl with like Tarmogoyf <laughs> things. You, you know, like have you seen like anime Optimus Prime and things like that? Like oh, God. it's actually officially licensed product where it's just like a random anime girl, but then they they style her in the essence That's... of Optimus Prime. I don't so, know what the essence so of Tarmogoyf is. The is. Style of a Tarmogoyf, Richard, is what I'm asking. I know what an anime girl is. What does an anime yeah. girl Tarmogoyf look like? Just, it just looks like the future site. Tarmogoyf. You don't know if that's a girl there or not. You don't know if that's anime or not. You don't even know if that's right? just like a like. <laughs> so again, you're just back to square one. An anime girl Tarmogoyf just looks like what Tarmogoyf looks like. Look, we I, don't I don't know, know what, what the hell anime we're looking Tarmogoyf at. So when I see it, I will know. And You'll I will know. Open yeah. The credit is card. is that a human? That could be a human. Is it a bunch of like 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 trees standing next to each other? I don't know. Oh, actually, it's an anime girl. What? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Uh, all right. Oh, one other thing I want to mention. This weekend is MagicCon Philly. Krim, I think you're going to be there, right? And I'm planning on being there. So Yeah, we'll be there. So come say hi. It'll be fun. I'll be doing the, the Game Nights Live stuff as well. Uh, and uh, like, and then uh, like I, I'll be getting games in there, assuming that wherever they'll allow content creators apparently to go play for some weird reason. Because, again, okay, you did great. You got more play space, and now you're charging your content creator $70 to go into that where, like, okay, why do, first off, why do people, the general public, why do they have to pay more for when they what they already paid in the badge? They paid yeah. for the badge, so that should just mean come in and play. On top of that, one thing that's cool about these is you can come and play with your favorite content creators, YouTubers, all that stuff. If all your content creators... Are literally outside. Where do you think everyone's gonna want to go? <laughs> Why? What is the point? So you're now essentially saying you paid 160 dollars to go and just see the booths. Yeah, yeah, because that is the problem. Like, oh yeah, boy. yeah. It was kind of like that in Vegas, where everyone, like, a lot of people couldn't get in the command zone, so they went outside. Philly in February is not going to be nearly as enjoyable if we end up playing Magic uh, outdoors. I wouldn't think. Uh, so I probably will not be in the command zone. So hopefully they actually have free space areas. Like I'm just crossing my fingers. They said it's twice as much space as Vegas. So there just better be like a place where people can just go and play without having to pay to get in the command zone. So right. assuming and there is, that's where, where you will most likely find me. So for those that don't know, like, like I believe the pat, like if you get access to the command zone, what it means is that you'll have guaranteed matchmaking for pods. And play space. That's literally it. That's what the $75, $70 additional guarantees you. We're um, like this far away from Wizards having judges like roam the hall. And if they see someone playing outside the command zone, like just smacking the cards out of their hand or something. <laughs> being like, Give me 70 bucks. Smack. Get in the command zone. <laughs> like, like, I'm curious what that means. And like, I'm hoping, though, like Seth, without the smacking of the cards, I'm hoping, though, it does mean that like we do have a big space to play. Because if con like, again... I don't know if I have access to the command zone, so whatever, I guess. <laughs> so that's interesting because I'm not sure that the city of Philadelphia will still exist when you arrive there. After oh, the yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, this I, is a quite unfortunate timing to go there. I'm not yeah. sure what the city looks like on Monday morning. If it right. still exists, if your convention center still exists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a good game. So it was, it was like, a good game. Uh, it was a good game until the last two minutes. <laughs> right, the penalty, right. yeah. I mean, but, uh, the penalty was rough. 
The one thing that's going to be funny is like, okay, so I saw online. I don't know how many of you have watched Last of Us or played Last of Us, but uh, there's a lot of memes right now. And it's the opening scene of Last of Us. And it's like going into Philly right now is like this. And if 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 you, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. It's just people running and anger, and then all of a sudden there's a huge explosion in the background, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking they were gonna win when they were up by a bunch, and it was gonna be like a really happy week in Philadelphia, and everyone would be like in the best mood, and it would be great. But no, it didn't. It didn't turn out that way. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. I was like, oh, we're going into Philly. I can't wait to see what there's going to be like when they win the Super Bowl. And I, I've learned this very, very quickly and early in my life. If I start rooting for a team, that's bad because that then they'll lose. And I know this because I attend my Sacramento Kings games <laughs> and every game they've I've attended since middle school, they've lost. And, and, and they went on a tear this season. They're on a tear. And but the one game I went to, they <laughs> they broke their winning streak. I swear. I'm like, all right, I'm just not at this point. My my community has definitely memed on it. Sacramento, you need to pay me to not attend your games. Like that, that's that's how this has to play out now. That's a secret. Yeah. I was rooting for the Eagles at that point. I was like, oh, oh, I hope they win. Then we get to go, and then they they all of a sudden, what happened? They lost. How did they can't, catch? Can't count out one-legged Mahomes. Give me give me some of those NFL trainers. You know, sometimes I'm feeling not too good for the podcast. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. My voice isn't good. <laughs> High ankle sprain, one leg, whatever. I don't need a leg. Just, like, juice me up. <laughs> Hobble, like, like, 20 yards on a scramble, no problem. Like, who cares? He, like, took off running, too, on the bad ankle. I was, He I was, runs yeah, better away. on a bad ankle than I do at 110% peak. <laughs> All right, let's, we're getting near the end. Richard, do we have any fish mail this week? Why don't you fish mail us? All right. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. What is, oh, Zach, TH1, what is the solution for dissatisfaction with the current RC for EDH? Should I email every bad experience I have with Dockside and encourage my friends so that we players have a vote, or should players be voting at our LGS for banned cards? I mean... I guess you just ignore them. <laughs> like if like if you don't want to play with Dockside, just ban Dockside at your LGS or in your playgroup. Like I, I, I'm not sure the emailing them. I mean, you can. I don't. I'm sure they have an official email to get feedback from, but I wouldn't expect that to actually bring about change. So I, I there should there must be an official feedback form somewhere. Either I'm sure they have an email or, or something. Hello, yeah. Mister Wizard. Like I the smiley face, this. but in paper. Yeah, you, know, you play a PDH <laughs> game, and you're like, I got Dockside. Dockside, frown, frown. frown. <laughs> yeah, you got to Dude, I love... Oh, my God. that that I love that that of uh that, that thing that happens on Arena when they give you the prompt to smiley face, sad face. I Can you imagine that in real life? Like, what? why? Well, but the, yeah, they, they need to do that. They need to figure out how to get... For us to give frowny faces and smiley faces in Commander. Because... Maximum frowny faces on Dockside Extortionist. So, I, I, how do you do that? Like, how do you actually get the word to them? Because it seems like right now everybody is just saying, "Oh yeah, no, it's not that bad." Uh, in the RC, it's not that bad. It only it scales with power level of your group. So, you're, if if you're having a problem, then your group is popping off too hard, essentially. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> no dude <laughs> like no that's n- no <laughs> I, I mean as much as wizards doesn't admit it i i believe reddit and twitter outrage threads is how you give them feedback because they don't solicit feedback in any other way right like most games send you like very frequent surveys like i, I play genshin impact and, oh, like every God. month they send you like a tome Right of like every single event, and they're like, "What did you like about this event? Did you play this event? Did you hear about this event? You know, what are the factors for you spending money? What are the factors you're not spending? Like, they, you actually fill out this like giant book, and you do it because they give you some free in-game currency. Uh, but like, it's a lot of feedback, like down to the minutiae. Like, do you like the way this character talks? Do you like the character story? Right? Like, do you like the color wow. of this character? Like, just crap like that, right? 
we don't get that for magic. We get a survey like once a quarter or something that I don't even know where it comes from. I just see it when our editor posts it. <laughs> like I don't and even know where it gets dispersed. It's the same stuff every time. It's like, yeah. well, how much money did you spend? How did you like the last? It's like, it's not in depth or anything like you were just talking about. It's like the same questions usually over and over again. So yeah, yeah. So it, it must be like from Reddit threads and from Twitter and stuff, right? Uh, but you know, I, I, I hope the RC and Wizards actually like makes an explicit channel, right? Because people's feedback should be heard and we should have an organized way of doing it right it shouldn't be all over the place and then maybe if they get enough feedback about dockside then they could say hey you know i'm our experience is different from your experience but your experience outnumbers ours right so we should do something um so i so yeah i hope they do because i think you're right that just like outrage on twitter or reddit is probably the best way to get the message across but that's also like the least healthy way to have a community right. if every time you need dockside <laughs> yeah. or something to change you just have to like freak out your hardest until someone listens to you like oh my goodness we need we need a better system than that for like, our like own there, there was no survey at gp vegas during the event <clears throat> right like they, they sent some surveys after the fact, but, like, no one asked us about gameplay or anything, right? Like, it was more about logistics yeah. of the event, but, like, did you have fun playing Commander? <laughs> like, did you like these cars? Like, none of this was asked, right? So, I'm curious. I, I, maybe we should ask, like, Blake during the next, like, stream or something. Like, how, how should we give feedback to Wizards? And how does Wizards solicit feedback uh, the official proper way and not just through rage threads? Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, okay, last question. Ron Bolofsky, the deck that makes it to the show episodes, even if they don't work, are tweaked and tested and are always entertaining. Can you share an example of a deck you tried to make work and completely flopped and you had to go back to the drawing board? Uh, so oh. we only see your final decks. What, what are some uh, good uh, decks that didn't make the cut? For, for what format are we talking here? Any format. I think just oh. for content what, in what's general. What's your favorite but... deck that never happened? I mean, hmm, boy, there's so many. Like, that's a challenge for me is, like, building decks is constantly an exercise in failure. Like, that's how you build decks is by failing with decks until you finally figure it out. I mean, I guess this is a super recency bias, but this week's against the odds deck, literally, I, I went through six different failed builds of different color combinations and cards before I finally ended up with a build that I like. So that's just, like normal that's just so that's uh, that was an extreme example i guess going through that many decks but that's it's like a weekly occurrence i think the good news is i can't think of any time off the top of my head where there was a card i really wanted to build a deck around and i literally couldn't make the deck out of it eventually with enough brewing and trying it would get to a point where i could make a video out of it it might not always be good and we might lose a lot and have a 20 percent win rate but I don't know if I've ever fully admitted defeat. And even if I do admit defeat, there's certainly times when I like put a deck aside for a month and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to work on other stuff and I'll wrap back around to this idea with a, you know, a fresh head, a new way of looking at it a month later. And then it usually end up working out there. So I, I guess my answer would be it happens so much. I, I, you don't even keep track of it at this point because you're, you're always like failing as you try to brew decks. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of failing along the way, and, like, just, like, and you slowly tuning as you kind of just move along. But there is one deck that never hit a video for me. Uh, and not because I couldn't brew with it, because I did brew with it, and it worked. The problem was it would have been, like, a seven-hour video. <laughs> uh, because I wanted to only win with devious cover-up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, and <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I had nothing else oh, but no. devious cover-up. <laughs> and so uh, as I was filming, I think I hit match three and I'd already hit about the three hour mark. <laughs> I'm just sitting there because people, it, once they see what you're doing, there's a point where they want you to play it out and they want to see how you win. My game plan was to hope they would concede. And so I would just devious cover up. Devious cover-up. Cast my spell. Devious cover-up my yeah. own spell. <laughs> <laughs> because they figured as long as like they don't cast anything, I don't get to devious cover-up. So I didn't put that video out for the sake of an editor and on top of that, the sake of, like, you know, all y'all. Because unless you're trying to watch 
the 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 crim director's cut of of Lord of the Rings here. Like <laughs> you're gonna get I, a seven I, I, hour I video this over the director's no, cut. Of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, 20, 20, 24 hour twenty four hour video of crim just devious cover upping uncut. Just put the whole thing on the YouTube. <laughs> I, I wonder what the longest match of untimed magic without slow play is. Like, just, like, 60 cards. Both players, like, do very it's, complex things every turn and then, like, just both mill out naturally. Is it not, is it not <laughs> Nexus of Fate and that era of magic? Oh, no, I definitely they, remember. They oh. ended the game eventually, though. It was just solitaire. Did, did they? Did well, they like re, no, remember, remember the one that finally got them to ban it where, like, Someone was just looping. It happened against like a pro on stream. And I remember who it was, but someone was just like looping their own Nexus, but couldn't win. And they did it for like hours. And it, like <laughs> eventually there were like 3000 people watching the stream of the guy just like doing nothing and looping his Nexus. And then they banned it in best of one like the next week after that stream. <laughs> well, because, yeah, you don't concede on principle. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you see no, I'm, I'm doing we'll things. Out, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> all right so thank you for all the fish mail this week if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air and i believe that brings us to the end of episode 420 of the mtg goldfish podcast so richard grip thanks for hanging out thanks everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we'll be back next week to talk about Ah, uh, Magic on Philly, a uh, pro tour, and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. Peace.